with the cop in Ottawa If you didn't know that's in Canada It's the Brit with the cap in, in Canada. Canada! Hello and welcome to the Brit with the Cap podcast with me, your host Sophie DeSalis, aka Brit with the Cap. This podcast offers an insight into the lives of newbies in Canada with some questionable banter and obviously great choice in headwear. I will be interviewing some of the lovely people I've met on exchange, discussing all that we're up to and giving a rundown of what's going down in Ottawa town. This week is a special week because I have my family visiting me in Canada. Um, Brit with a Cap is therefore still on tour and we are staying in a place just outside Algonquin Park. I'm delighted to be joined by my mother, Felicity DeSalis, and my sister, Katie. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hi, uh, Good to see you. Just... A disclaimer, the reason I chose both of you rather than the full family is um, I have a dad and another sister, but I chose you because I just don't think that I can have more than three guests. I mean, last week was a struggle. And also because you both went abroad for some time at university. And also because we're your favourite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that too. Um, you can't have favourites in families, apparently. No, no <laughs> this episode will mainly focus on an international student's experience of life abroad. So you both actually both went to the University of Exeter, um, but mum, you were an international student from Zimbabwe, or Rhodesia as it was back then, and Katie, you went to Avignon in France as part mm-hmm. of your degree. So first, I'd like to ask you, why did you choose to go abroad? Well, I've always thought that I'd do an English, go to an English university. Most of my friends went to South African universities, but I always wanted to go to an English university. I tried for Cambridge, didn't get in, so I was an Oxbridge reject and went to Exeter. <laughs> but Exeter was very good for law, so and that's what I wanted to do. So I, that's one of the reasons why I chose Exeter. Katie? Why did I choose to go abroad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. Um, obviously to learn French and speak more French and... That's not why I chose where I went, though, because I could have gone to Paris and had an amazing time and a beautiful city, but I knew that everyone would speak English there, so mm. I, I wanted to go somewhere that was a bit more of a challenge and a bit more rural and fewer English speakers, so I could really, really speak some French. But you also chose to get a French flatmate rather than an English flatmate. I did. Um, yeah, I lived with a French girl in Avignon. Um, I did have English friends as well, of course, um, but that was great, and lots of American friends, um, Canadian friends even. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so it was cute, complete mix of cultures because we were out there, we were all teaching, um, teaching English in, in um, French schools. So um, yeah, a bit of community of language assistance. Do you experience any culture shocks when you first arrived? Well, I've been to England a couple of times before because my granny lived in Wales, so we'd you know been on holiday to visit her. And we'd been to London and to tourists and things. And so, um, and actually I had been down to Exeter um, to go and just look at the university before I actually applied. So that itself really wasn't the culture shock. But the one thing that I really noticed, which I found really odd, because having been brought up in Africa where all one's sort of help, you know, sort of cleaners and nannies and things like that are black, um, because that's, the, you know, there are lots of people around to do those sort of jobs. To be in in Devon, where everybody is is white, um, yeah, to have to have have a have a white cleaner, you know, who who cleaned your room or you know whatever, 
And that I found that, that I found very odd. From going from a more mixed world to a white world. No, I don't think I don't think it was that. It's just that in you, it's it's where the the main workforce is. It's just like that's different then as well. And yeah. it was but it, but it was slightly different then. But now you know all those years ago. <laughs> oh, don't be horrible. <laughs> but but now in London, the sort of particularly when in in England, the less well paid jobs, a lot of them are done by the Eastern Europeans. Yeah, because they are, are the the workforce that yeah. are coming in prepared to do it. Well, that's another all about to change. Yeah, well, bring on Brexit. I think what I've always found difficult is to remember that I've got to wear shoes the whole time now, but, um, only because of the weather, and I've always got to remember to take a jersey with me. Mm. Well, <laughs> no was, it, what... was that not a culture shock, the weather? Because you always complain about, oh, it's raining again. <laughs> it does. I think Africa has more defined seasons, that, whereas, mm. you know, well, in England, England, you think it's the summer, like in June, you think it's the summer. And it can get really cold and rainy. And the fact that it, you know, the ra- I think the rain, I mean, I'm used to it now, if they're long enough, but mm. it does rain in England a lot. and Especially in Exeter. Katie, did you experience any culture shocks going to France? Um, well, like Mum, I've been to France lots before. We've been lucky enough to go on several family holidays. I've actually lived in France before, um, for the ski season, although very different experience. What I did notice was, I guess for me it was more moving from a big city to a small town, because obviously from London originally, so lots going on and quite used to having a 24-hour Tesco's on my doorstep. So to find that shops closed early, nothing was open on a Sunday, you kind of had to prepare yourself in advance Mm -hmm. um, and just sort of finding things to do as well. It was a very different experience. So when I first moved um, moved there. I was actually well, I was working out there for my year abroad, so um, I was working in a very tiny village called Vaison-la-Romaine, which is beautiful in Provence, mm-hmm. in the countryside. But I was probably the only young person in the entire area, definitely the only English person. And so I lived there for about a month, and then I moved to Avignon, which was the nearest city. I just had a bit more going on because. I found weekends in Vaison were very quiet <laughs> and not a lot to do with mm. just myself. Yeah. Have you met some nice people who looked I did. You? I did meet some nice people. Jeremy and Alexandre were awesome. Really, really cool guys who um, looked after me, took me under their wings, mm. took me clubbing in the French countryside, mm-hmm. which was an experience to say the least. Did you have any expectations before you came? No, I just sort of thought came and everybody was doing the same thing I think we were all excited and remember when I arrived there was a special train that took everybody down to Exeter we all got to Paddington there was one sort of designated train so that everybody on that train was going to down to Exeter and I remember meeting friends there still in touch with one of them now but that doesn't happen now everybody just gets there and I think everybody's parents were driving down. You drove me, didn't you? I did drive you down with one very full car. (laughs) (laughs) And how did your experience match with your expectations? I think I kind of knew what I was going in in for because I'd spoken to lots of people uh, before I went, um, read lots of blogs on the internet beforehand. Um, There's a really good website called Third Year Abroad which is not just for studying abroad, but sort of working abroad. And um, they've got lots of people who do language degrees and who've done similar things to what I did, which is the British Council Language Assistance Scheme. 
so that was really helpful. I'd even Skyped the girl who was working in my school the year before, so she kind of gave me the lowdown and gave me some great contacts to get in touch with in the village or in the schools. So I think I had quite a rounded idea of what it was going into. I knew it would be quite remote, mm. so I kind of mentally, mentally prepared myself <laughs> in advance. Um, and I always knew I was probably going to move. So when I arrived straight away, I knew that it was just temporary accommodation and that things would pick up and I would meet some people. So, yeah, yeah it's all about keeping that mindset. And <laughs> yeah, keeping positive. Exactly. And I think also, I think often people create this idea of what a year abroad is and it does it does take time mm. to settle in and I think especially with social media now everyone gets the idea that people might be having an amazing time or they might be it's going to be the best year of your life is mm. what a lot of people say and you kind of have to sort of step back and I say to people going a year abroad like you'll have an amazing time but you do have to remember that there's highs and lows and sometimes you come back and yeah. only remember the highs and of course you'll say it's going to be the best year ever yeah yeah completely I think like obviously I'm having an amazing time but I think you forget that you it takes time to settle in with everything and it is in the sense like first year again you well for me anyway you're starting at university and it's all new and all exciting and obviously you have highs and lows of first year so you've got a range of activities to do and yeah kind of just throw yourself yeah, in completely and yeah and watch out for dips as well because a lot of people go through the little honeymoon phase where they're like this mm. is the best thing ever and then suddenly it's all kind of they, hits it hits yeah. them and they kind of get a bit sort of sad and homesick and then actually you've just got to realise this is an amazing place I'm in let's mm. make the most oh, completely, of it so yeah. meet amazing people yeah. and go do just go and do everything I yeah. think that's the best advice well I know with Edinburgh because a lot of my friends have stayed for third year so you kind of you can compare your life back to Edinburgh and you're like oh no I'm missing out on things that are kind of at home yeah. but you've got to really like check yourself and just say I'm in an yeah. amazing country you've just got to go I think you also have to say it's so easy to get FOMO and to look back and see all your friends at home and go, oh gosh, I am missing out on all these things. And I've just got to, it's still going to be there when mm, you get back. And I say that to friends who go travelling now as well. It's like, lots of my friends will go off for six months or so and they'll think, you know, no one's going to remember me when I'm back and I'm going to miss so many things. And they get back and everyone's still living their lives just exactly yeah, as they were completely. before and you've gone off and had these amazing experiences. So completely. So... Mm. I really wouldn't worry about that. In my day, we didn't yeah. know what anybody really was up to, yeah. apart from the old phone call home. And it was so expensive to ring home. It was like £2 a minute. Yeah, how do you keep in touch, Granny Grandpa? Mm. I used to write letters, and they used to write letters to me. Mm. I mean, you know, did good old-fashioned way. Did you prefer yeah, that, that, if anything? Because I know um, you find helicopter parents quite... Yeah, quite challenging. Mm. Um, I, think, I think everything was fine. I think maybe because... Like you know, we had the I had the old relative over here, and the, and it wasn't new. I think, yeah. and everybody speaks English, and does make yeah. life a lot easier. Did you always go home for Christmas and holidays? Yeah, so I always went home the Christmas holidays, stayed the Easter holidays, and then made the most of the very long summer holidays. <laughs> Did you, when you first got to the UK, think, oh, this is all exciting? I must travel to York or I don't know other Bath, Bristol, Bristol. Uh, Go to London. Um, well, I'd done all the touristy things in London before. Um, what was actually what was quite fun is I joined the chapel choir and we sang like in, in Salisbury Cathedral, Bristol Cathedral, Exeter Cathedral. So you know, did a bit of <laughs> cathedral tour. Cathedral tour. Yeah, that, that, that was that was really nice. And then sort of we made friends with people with a car because in the first year we didn't have cars, so you know we sort of went you know down to Cornwall or um, 
surfing, which was quite fun. And, went, and then as the years went on, we I know I got a car and my friends had cars and we used to go down to Dartmoor or um, down to Dawlish. Just had a lot of fun and made, and made the most of what was around. I mean, I remember thinking at the time that Exeter was a really boring place in terms of shops. <laughs> I like shops. Yeah. I really like shopping. Well, like, so no, window shopping. Princess Hay. Exactly, but Exeter's changed a lot. <laughs> but I think now, in a way, it's peaked and is, you know, with the recession and the high street changing mm-hmm. and, and closing, it's um, not as perhaps good as it was. Do you the lemon when you were there? It wasn't the lemon in those times. It was Cornwall House. Yeah. This is still, still Cornwall House. This is our union student student nightclub. Night yeah. <laughs> like like Dalton. No, it was just a bar. And I and to earn some money, I used to pull pints. Oh, like Katie. Cornwall House. Yeah. Yeah. Like I did. It was really good. But you earned about three pounds an hour. Yeah, which much better now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you find that you were a novelty going abroad, Katie? Um, in Baison, I was definitely a novelty because I was the only English person for miles and miles. Um, yeah, because they, some of the children, and this is really rural area of France, some of the children had never been abroad before, never met a foreign person before. So for them, it was quite exciting to, um, so I mean, I taught in primary schools as well, so they were all quite young. And um, it was funny when the, the little ones would ask if I how I thought how I got there in the morning. Obviously you've got the bus and they, they thought I travelled in from England every day. <laughs> and then I met up with my friend Neve actually and we went skiing in um, a place called Orsia, which is in like the Southern Alps. Very, very French and it was the kind of place that no English people really ever went. And the the guy at the ski shop literally just called us the English girls which and considering, you know, imagine if you go skiing and you were known as the English people and it was just unheard of if you go into like three valleys or somewhere. We we used to speak quite loudly to each other in English because we thought, oh, that's fine, everyone here is very French, they can't understand us. And the funniest thing that happened is we were in the queue and Eve says to me, oh, that guy is quite attractive. <laughs> and we ended up getting on the chair next to him and we were talking about the boys next to us and then um, they were chatting away in French. And then the one next to Neve turns around to us and says, um, in perfect English accent, <laughs> oh, so where are you from? <laughs> turns out his mum was English. Uh, how about you, mum? Were you... Well, I you obviously don't have an accent anymore, but... <laughs> I don't think I had much of an accent then. I think people, you know, you're just chatting and say, well, where do you come from? And then you say, Barbie or Letitia, I come from here. And then, and then say, oh, well, do you know so-and-so? Because there were one or two people, other Rhodesians there, um, who were sort of quite um, really nice blokes, actually. And um, they were quite sort of well-known. So people say, oh, do you know so-and-so? No, I don't think were, they don't. They, don't they weren't quite your level. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so, and then, you know, just talk, I didn't really talk politics at all. But I think the, the thing that's always been sort of the difference with the international students is the fees. Mm. I know, you know, people were saying, you know, oh, you call you an international student. And then while I was there, the fees got hyped up big time. But Exeter were really kind and they kept me on the old fees, even though... As I, you know, as I'd already started there, which was really helpful because in in Zimbabwe there was exchange control regulations which were just awful. Weren't you on a scholarship? That was not from the university. I'd just done fairly well in my exams, and so the government awarded me a scholarship, and that, and that got paid out, which was good as well, just to get some money out of the country. Mm. Uh, but it's just, it's just enjoyed you know, living there and making friends and. Well, for me, I've made so many good friends and I'm still in touch with them 
yeah. all these years later. Did you bring anything to France that you kind of showed off about British culture? Um, British kids? food, I think. Um, what was it? My flatmate was obsessed with jelly, so I brought some jelly cubes. <laughs> and I actually made her vodka jelly, which she really enjoyed. So it was quite funny, it was one of my friends from America, it was from Maryland, and so I bought her Maryland cookies, because she'd never seen them before. Um, Cadbury's chocolate. Biltong, which is dry salted meat, which in theory not supposed to bring because it's uncooked meat. I mean, for yeah. me, yeah, the thing was more buying things in England, which we couldn't get at home, mm. like um, dried fruit, you know, to make a Christmas cake. It's really, you couldn't just buy that because that there were sanctions and all the, even if the sanctions had finished, the, you know, the country didn't have the money to import stuff like that because it wasn't considered a necessity and always sweets and chocolate and it's always like sweets and chocolate it's always sweets and chocolate I mean, yeah, the same well. most exciting thing when you go travelling <laughs> oh this holiday has been very much an eating holiday with a bit of hiking I'd say <laughs> um, well if we didn't do the hiking I don't think we'd even make it back on the plane home yeah. <laughs> we'd have we, to get two seats each we've <laughs> so I've so enjoyed looking in the supermarkets and just all these amazing things we've had wonderful ice cream haven't we mm. oh the range of ice cream has been just fantastic <laughs> size of the ice cream tubs <laughs> yeah. well yeah what have you enjoyed about being in Camerslow people are so friendly it's just everybody's lovely and everyone you meet tells you their life story within the first 30 seconds mm. and most of them have got an English connection everyone's yeah everyone. but again it is such a neat country I haven't appreciated how new Canada mm. was and poutine if we're talking about food poutine mm. we've enjoyed our poutine mm. haven't we we have one here several Types. You get fries with everything here, mm. and poutine with everything here. Yeah, well next week I'm hopefully going to do a food episode with Erica, so we can discuss all things food related that we've just indulged in right now and this week. <laughs> Obviously you liked living in the UK so you stayed here, but Katie, did you ever think, oh I might go go back to France? Not yet, no. Um, probably not in Avignon, because I feel like I've kind of explored enough around there. But yeah, a holiday house in France would be very nice. <laughs> you know, somewhere in the south, maybe. And mum? the French Riviera. Yeah. And did you ever think of going back? Not really, because I just quite, I quite like buzz. I mean, Africa's quite sleepy, and I'm very much, as you guys know, a town. Yes, as we've experienced in our <laughs> outdoor hikes. <laughs> no, I've loved our outdoor hikes, and I do go outdoors a lot. But I do like my pavements and shops. <laughs> just to make life yeah, easier. She loves shopping. Yeah, just sort of like to be easy. I don't want to get in the car the whole time to have to go to the shops. So I have to have shops. And Actually, that distance. is something about out here. Mm. Everyone drives everywhere. And I miss walking. Okay, well, this brings us on to our Woo Girl moment of the week. I can't say it's been a very Woo Girl me week. Um, no, there was one night I had beer and wine. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're a legend. <laughs> Wait, beer before wine, fine. Yeah, exactly. It was beer before wine. So okay. We went, we went wine tasting. We did go wine tasting. Oh, yeah. That was nice. Oh, yeah, mum did. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I think that could be the woo girl moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so mum has, what, how many tastings did we do? Three? We did four. Four, four we, wines. Four wines. And mum, you were... Well, no, it's only because your, your dad was... Um, Driving. Driving. So he kept um, having had a sip of his and then, and then, then, then I uh, <laughs> finished, his, finished his off. Yeah, so uh, you yeah. could... 
Yeah, they were good wines. Um, Although I've noticed in Canada they don't drink nearly as much. No. As it, well, and it's not, you know, you really have to make a concerted effort to go and find yeah. it to buy it. If you, the listener, have been listening to my previous podcast, you might have had my difficulties with uh, alcohol, <laughs> the, with Canadians' relationship with alcohol. And we've also, we're, at the Airbnb we're staying in, we found Trump, the game. So, as you can probably guess, it is um, Donald J. Trump's ball game, in which you can live the fantasy, feel the power, and make the deals. And Trump, this is, when was this made? 1989. In 1989, and from Donald J. Trump. The object of the game is to make the most money. I'm talking about hundreds of millions of dollars. If you're clever, aggressive, and lucky, you could end up with a billion or more. Now read the rules, have fun, and remember, it's not whether you win or lose, but whether you win. Here's where shrewdness really pays off. Just about anything in the game can be bought, sold, or traded. Probably women as well, included in that. Millions of dollars can be won or lost in seconds. Well, what a man. And now he's president of the United States. So if you'd like to, well, you can Google how to actually play this game, because I'm a bit baffled, and I reckon we will be playing tonight. Do you have any go-to karaoke songs? It's you know, <laughs> a new question on a podcast. Yeah, this is my... <laughs> well, we've had quite a few in the car this week. <laughs> mm, well, what is yours? Um, did karaoke a few weeks ago with some friends, and um, my friend put on Lucky by Britney Spears, <laughs> which was an absolute hit. That was amazing. Or you can't go wrong with Summer Nights from Greece. Mm, that is true. Yeah. yeah. Well, don't go breaking my heart. Yes, that's, that's my one. one. Is it your one? Yes. Yeah. Do you even listen to my podcast? Do you listen I don't. To I actually. Podcast? I made it available on Google Play, so you could listen. <laughs> so, as you can tell, I've got a lot of fans out there. My mum is not one of them. <laughs> but that that was before it was on Google Play. I haven't even rated, reviewed, and subscribed yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I no, I did listen. Yes. Anyway, well, <laughs> besides my one, what would you go for? <laughs> It's hard. <laughs> Is it hard? <laughs> yeah. Billy Joel. Billy Joel. Uptown Up girl. Up girl. Right. Did I tell you we're going to see Billy Joel next oh, year? Oh, exciting. Oh, I'm jealous. I want to go. Yeah, I was going to even tell your dad for his birthday, but he went and bought them. Okay. <laughs> Aww, Aww, great nice. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's time for my rundown of what's going down in Ottawa Town. First off, this week, sadly this year's Ottawa Wine and Food Festival that was scheduled to take place on the 2nd to the 4th of November has been cancelled. One of the organisers says that they are taking a pause to reimagine and re-envision the event and taking time to change the pricing scheme. This will leave many disappointed as the event would have marked 33 years of entertaining Ottawa's food and bridge fans. Under new legislation introduced on Thursday, all new teachers in Ontario are required to pass a math proficiency test. Half of Ontario students are reportedly failing to reach the standards of other provinces and the Safe and Supportive Classrooms Act hopes to ensure that students are better supported in their learning environment. Finally, delays in delivery time for cannabis orders may be longer than expected due to extremely high demand and labour strikes at Canada Post. This was announced by the provincial government-run Ontario Cannabis Store website just over a week after the legalisation of marijuana. The store said it had received around 100,000 online orders in the first 24 hours of legalisation, with 12,000 of 
those orders in the Bye, first Sophie. hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the first hour. There will be no visible cannabis stall until the 1st of April 2019, and with delays, many are worried that the public will turn back to the black market for the cannabis fix. So now it's time for my Ottawa Island gifts. Um, well, obviously, you are not living in Ottawa or staying for ca- staying in Canada. So, what luxury items did you bring on this holiday? Well, I bring my I bring my slippers mm-hmm. um, because they're nice and cozy, and I bring a, a good bring. I like hanging around in the, for a long day hiking. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a pair of them too, but I wasn't allowed to name them. But um, when I was I can't wasn't allowed to have the same luxury. No. So I have a a very lightweight down gilet, which actually is so cosy and yummy. So I'm that's my luxury. And what would you bring back to the UK if you could bring anything from Canada? Oh, oh, maple syrup. <laughs> That's more We've got being asked to bring back gallons of maple syrup. I mean, you could buy that in the UK. I know, but it's just not the same. same. Not the same. A maple cookies you can't buy. Oh. Well, thank you both for coming on my podcast. I know it's a bit difficult to get mum on here, but... <laughs> She's a busy lady. She's a busy lady. Um... That's a pleasure. Oh, well, yeah. We've loved ha- being here. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. So, well, thank you for thank coming you out. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, well, yeah. No, thank you for coming out to visit. So, oh, well, yeah. See you next week, and I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, bye. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please subscribe on iTunes, and while you're at it, give it a raving review. I'm also on Instagram, so if you can't get enough, follow me on at Brit with a Cap. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.